Hello, everybody. Uh, shocking news today. I am rarely am I caught completely off guard by something in sports, but I was walking around uh, trick or treating with my kids tonight, and I first saw Stephen Godfrey um, from Secret Base, who covers college football, and he also does uh, the Split Duo Pod. I saw him tweet something kind of cryptic about TCU, and uh, Godfrey is really plugged in. So, of course, that sent some alarm bells off. And then about 10 minutes later, I see from Drew Davidson of the Four Star Telegram, great scoop by Drew, uh, that Gary Patterson had stepped down effective immediately as head coach of the TCU Horn Frogs. A lot of different angles to this. Let me first just say thank you, Gary Patterson. Uh, as a TCU fan, as somebody who covers the team, that's where we should all start. You cannot discount or understate what he's done. Um, and a lot of you listening to this understand the accomplishments, but I'll, I'll just briefly say, you know, Rose Bowl, Big 12 title, um, a couple BCS appearances or, you know, New Year's Six appearances. It's not the name for him anymore. And winning the Peach Bowl over Old Miss, getting TCU into the Power Five, taking them from the desert into big-time college football, making them a national brand putting them on the map, all the facility upgrades. I mean, that all traces back to what Gary did in Fort Worth. It's incredible. If you told people who were following the team, you know, in the late 90s, that one day TCU would once again be in a, a major conference, and they would not, even though the last few weeks have been frustrating, the last few years have been frustrating, they would not just be a built-in bye week for the bigger schools, but they would be competitive and win games those people wouldn't believe you. So that's, I mean, that's full stop the first thing I have to say. I'm also surprised and disappointed that he's not going to finish out the season. Now, Jeremiah Donati released a statement tonight, and I'll read that to you. The story of Gary Patterson and the rise of the fortunes of the TCU football program over the last 20 years is clearly one of the most remarkable in the history of college football. We're grateful to Gary Patterson and Kelsey Patterson and appreciate everything they have meant to TCU, the Fort Worth community. Under his leadership, TCU has become a nationally recognized brand name in football and in college athletics. Chancellor Boschini and I met with Coach Patterson today and mutually agreed the time has come for a new voice and leadership in the football program. We asked him to continue on as our head coach for the remainder of the season and to take a different role in 2022, but he believed it was in the team's and TCU's best interest to begin the transition immediately. We respect Coach Patterson's perspective, We'll move forward in that direction. I've asked Jerry Kill to serve as interim head coach, and he's accepted the role for the remainder of the season. Coach Patterson will assist TCU in the transition to take place. So this was Gary's decision. And if that's how he wants to, to go, that's fine. And I'll also say, like, I commend Coach, even though – you know, you hope this stuff doesn't end messy, and, and I don't know the details of that conversation and how it went down. But for him to look at this and see the bigger picture and say, okay, it's time for a change, that's very commendable. I just would have liked, you know, for him to have a chance uh, to get a lot of praise and accolades and love on senior day against Kansas. I'm sure they'll have a press conference, and I hope that over the next few days, 
he's shown how much he's appreciated. Now, a lot of you know, I have been pretty negative lately on the job that he's done. Um, and if that's come off as ungrateful, that, you know, that's never been my intention, but I mean, something had to change. And what happened Saturday, which funny enough, I recorded a a podcast from Matt Jennings this afternoon about the K-State debacle. They lost 31 to 12. It was a total mess. I thought the effort was pretty poor, like their effort level, I should say. And Gary said after the game, he thought the team fought. You know, I didn't see that from my perspective. But bottom line was it was an embarrassing loss to a mediocre Kansas State team. And it was another example of just how far the program has fallen as of late. Because the last few years have been disappointing. But they've still, with the exception of what happened in 2019, they've still made a bowl game. They've still pulled off some upsets. They've still shown competitiveness. Like, the defense has been solid. We all know that's not been the case this year. So it was time to make a move. I just would have liked it to happen at the end of the year. But if this is what had to go down for this decision to be made, then I think it's the best thing for the program, ultimately. And... You know, I did, I've seen a lot of folks lately say a lot of things about Jeremiah Donati and that he is, you know, not somebody who could do this and get this done. And get this done, meaning like, could work a transition. And now he's got to make a hire now. This is the biggest, this is the most pivotal point in his tenure. This is it, right? Like, this is the biggest part of his job. He's got to go find a football coach. But, I mean, three, four weeks ago, even as even as uh, early as last week, the conversation around this still tended to be, well, Gary's going to go when he wants to. And there's nothing the school can do about it. Um, so that's obviously changed. And it's, it's shocking that it's changed so fast. It went from beating Texas Tech, you know, Tough loss against OU, a team you expected to probably lose to. Loss at home against West Virginia. Loss on the road against K-State. And now this happens. So big picture, where does the program go? The first name that's been thrown out there is Sonny Dykes. At SMU. Which is really interesting to me because in that statement, I don't know if it's true or not, but in that statement, Jeremiah Donati says, GP will be involved in the transition. And he and Sonny are not on the best of terms right now. Now that might change and I'll be water under the bridge, you know, by the time it's time to make these decisions. Um, Sonny has done a fantastic job in Dallas. I, that name doesn't excite me a, a ton. I think he's got a really good staff. And my first question would be, is Rashad Samples coming with you if you're going to make that move? He's a great recruiter and sort of like the assistant head coach there. Uh, coach Dykes did a, a pretty good job at Cal. He has some familiarity with TCU. He's an analyst. 
You know, another name that just instantly makes sense is Justin Fuente because of his time at TCU as the OC, his relationships. He's right now the coach at Virginia Tech. He's having some issues there. Is on is potentially on the hot seat. Again, that's not a name that just excites me. But I, I think that connection is easy and it's there and it would be a pretty seamless transition. So I, I don't know. They haven't had a coaching search since 2000. Like this is this is bizarre that we're even talking about it. But even though what happened today, the timing is pretty clunky. I mean, I think all in all, it's better for everybody. And Gary's legacy is cemented. Like, despite the jokes that have, you know, come TCU's way as of late and the frustration of the fans, what he did is what he did. And it was an amazing job for a long time. And towards the end, it just didn't work. And you know what? Like, that's unfortunate. And I've said this before. Everybody wants, like, what we all want is the movie scene where the coach we all love and has built the program and has been there forever. He wins the big game and he gets carried off on the team's shoulders riding high into the sunset. And unfortunately that's not how a lot of these things happen. They rarely end gracefully. In this situation, uh, that's not what went down, but he did an incredible job for a long time at TCU, and I'm, I'm thankful for what he did on that front. And we'll see where the program goes from here. I'm going to have a podcast up with Josh Neighbors either later tonight or in the morning with some more in-depth conversation about this. I have a podcast with Matt Jennings that might see the light of day. It might not because we talked about things that are now pretty dated uh, since this news came out. But if you're listening to this, I appreciate it. I'm going to try to cover this as, as well and as thoroughly as I can over the next few days. This is Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.